Hi, you're listening to The Booth Review. I'm Jessica Fox. And I'm Cassandra Egan. We're here to bring you into our recording booth to give you weekly reports on the happenings in and around the NFL. We'll comment on each week's games and bring you our take on fantasy footballs, studs, and duds. On today's show, we discuss the drama of week one, the rise of sleepers, and the disappointment from fantasy veterans, and give you our analysis of premier matchups and bold predictions coming into week two. The ruling on the field stands. Week one in the NFL did not disappoint. All right, let's just establish this. I think 2015 is going to be the year of the tight end fantasy football. I have to agree. I mean, the position of the tight end is definitely one of my favorites. I mean, I could just basically watch them do nothing. Yeah, I mean, tight ends walking, that's great. Tight ends running. Tight ends breathing. Yeah, all great. All great. 100% of the time, I want to watch a tight end do exist, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, number one tight end this week, not surprising, uh, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, definitely not surprising at all. He was definitely a first pick choice in fantasy football drafts with 24 points total. I mean, that's amazing for a tight end. He had five receptions, and of those five, three were touchdowns, which means more than half the time when the ball is in Gronk's hands, he's running it into the end zone for a touchdown. Now, I'm not a math expert, but let's think about this. 24 points, three touchdowns. That means 18 out of 24 points were touchdowns. The other six were just these consolation points he got for catching the ball not in the end zone. I mean, Gronkowski is just a monster. He's a monster. It He makes it look easy. I mean, he was swatting away defensemen like they were flies. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say easy. I definitely think it still looks a little bit tough. But he makes it look like he's not even putting close to 100% of his strength to try and get those guys down. Uh, Really, really overall impressive. And I think a lot of people are regretting not going first round on Gronk. Yeah, I'm definitely regretting it. I mean, I still got a good pick. I got Eddie Lacy. But I had the choice to choose Gronk, and I absolutely regret it. (laughs) But I did end up getting a good tight end. You did. You really did. Uh, Travis Kelsey with the Kansas City Chiefs, he did really well this week. He did really well with 22.6 points in fantasy with six catches and 106 yards. Pretty good. Yeah. And on that, two touchdowns. And might I add two passing touchdowns, which is not something that the Chiefs had at all in 2014. So thanks, Travis Kelsey, for catching the ball outside of the end zone and then running it into it. Yeah, the Chiefs are definitely looking good this year. They learned how to throw and catch the ball. Yeah, and important. And Travis Kelsey. Also, I'm very impressed by your celebration dances. I saw you. I saw you with the Donkey Kong. And you know what? I heard in an interview that he drew his inspiration from Super Smash Brothers. Literally, it was the Donkey Kong dance. I'm pretty sure that I <laughs> fell in love with him the second I saw that touchdown dance yeah it was good it was amazing yeah he punched that ball he really did a good job and i think there are some other notable tight ends overall they did really well this week those big guys they were leading the league uh notable tight ends for fantasy points tyler Eifert, eric ebron yeah and austin safarian jenkins i mean say that 10 times fast i'm not going to because (laughs) i can't um but yeah he also did really well super well and you know what a lot of the time this week tight ends 
scored even more points than wide receivers. Yes, and that was to my great disappointment. But one wide receiver who definitely lived up to the hype, Julio Jones. Let's just let's just list the points. 26.10 on the day, nine receptions, 141 yards, two touchdowns. Julio Jones was amazing, but are we really that surprised? No, not really. <laughs> no. But I think a wide receiver that we were surprised with was DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, absolutely. DeAndre Hopkins with the uh, Houston Texans looking pretty good there in week one. Absolutely. I mean, he had 23.8 points, nine receptions, 98 yards, two touchdowns, and one two-point touchdown. Yeah, yeah. He even got the points on the conversion. And I think that Hopkins looked good despite there being a lot of issues during the game. It's a, it's a testament to the fact that he's an overall a good wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, starting out with Brian Hoyer, the quarterback, and then ending up with... Ryan Mallett? With the Ryan Mallett. <laughs> wow, he <laughs> completely forgot his name right there. <laughs> Obviously not a fan of the Texans. <laughs> But, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is looking really good. Yeah, not a fan of the Texans, but I'm a fan of DeAndre Hopkins. And they're going to play the Panthers next week. I think the Texans are a little bit more prepared for that game. So hopefully uh, they they bring out the win, and Hopkins is going to definitely have a big hand in that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that another player who did surprisingly well was Carlos Hyde, the running back. For the 49ers. Yeah, surprisingly well, more like he blew everyone else out of the water. Now, usually this doesn't happen, but a guy with 30.20 points on the week, Mr. Hyde, he was the highest scoring player in the entire league for fantasy points with 26 touches, 168 yards on the game, and two touchdowns. All I can say about his performance is that 100% it was explosive. Absolutely. I mean, I'm kind of a little bit in love with Carlos Hyde now. Yeah. I just and I just love him and I will be the first to admit that I am not a fan of the 49ers. I think that Colin Kaepernick, the quarterback, is a bit of a hothead and he has a bit of an attitude. He's a little sassy. He's a lot sassy. And I think that they did really well this week, especially Carlos Hyde. Yeah, and you know, the 49ers, I agree, they did really well, although I'm not really a huge fan of the black uniforms they kind of look strange to me i was a complete fan of the black uniforms i just think that you know they were super edgy and they just gave them a new whole attitude yeah okay i'll give you edgy i think that's like the best adjective to use to describe them and i'm just gonna take a second listen this isn't a fashion podcast but you're gonna take your edgy black uniforms put on a white red and gold helmet with your white socks and your white and gold shoes and like call it this like complete ensemble i think they look kind of silly well okay maybe they're not the best at accessorizing (laughs) But they were good at football this week. They were very good at football. And if your weird, edgy, black uniforms is what's going to get you there and is what's going to get Carlos Hyde in the end zone, keep wearing them. You know, keep wearing them. Yeah. And I'm excited about the 49ers and seeing how well they do this next week. Yeah. And I think another guy, maybe someone who was underrated, but even more so, Bishop Sankey, wide or wide receiver, running back, excuse me, <laughs> running back for the Tennessee Titans. 
he came out and he had a really solid game. And I'm going to be honest, I honestly had no idea who Bishop Sankey was before this week. And, you know, even in reports prior to the season starting, people really didn't have much to say about him. But he came out with the Titans who looked perfect this week. And we'll talk about Mr. Mariota in a second. But Bishop Sankey had 20.6 points on the day, 12 touches for 74 yards and one touchdown. And I think this is a really good sign for the Titans. They now do have a solid quarterback. Their run game clearly is in a good spot. Um, and I, I'm excited about next week's match for them too. So yeah, definitely a stud for me this week. I think that the Titans are looking really good, especially with Marcus Mariota as their quarterback. I mean, he went 13 for 16 passes, 209 yards, and I'm going to say four touchdowns before the half. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. He had a 158.3 passer rating on the game. Honestly, that's perfect. I don't think that there's been a passer rating that high in a really long time, and it's only just the first game. I think that he distributed the ball really well. He had great attitude in the pocket. Super accurate. 16 throws, not that many throws, but the throws he did make were there. They were catchable balls. And I think all of them were catchable. The three that he missed, likely the receiver's fault. Um, I don't think it's it's all hype. I think this kid is going to deliver, and I think he's going to continue to deliver. So big stud on the week, Marcus Mariota. I'm, I'm really excited for him. I'm excited for Marcus Mariota, too. Uh, I just think that it'll be interesting to see what he puts out in the coming weeks. I mean, he was playing against another rookie, Jameis Winston. So it'll be interesting to see who he – how he plays when he goes against veterans like Tom Brady, who also did really well this week. Yeah, Tom Brady, always doing well. Not really surprised by Brady. He did put up 27.62 points, um, but there was a lot going on in the Patriots game that was a little bit sketch, despite that great performance. I mean, no one doubts that Tom Brady is a great quarterback, but now there are some doubts about the <laughs> Patriots organization being kind of cheaters. Yeah. Definitely more than kind of cheaters. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady, great quarterback. Not so great guy, maybe? Who knows? I mean, during the game on Thursday, there was the whole where's Roger chant, which was a giant F.U. to Roger Goodell. Yeah, uh, a really giant F.U. to Roger Goodell. And then, I mean, Chris Collinsworth even, even covered it in the cast of the game. In the middle of the game, all of the headsets on the Steelers' sideline suddenly malfunctioned, and instead of being able to hear one another, all they heard was the local broadcast of the Patriots game, which, um, hello, super Patriots bias. Ah, uh, that seems a little sketch to me. Super sketchy. <laughs> but, you know, I think that there are some good things coming out of New England that aren't cheaters. Uh, one <laughs> thing I was really excited to see, actually, um, was Tom Brady's... Uh, there was a little bit of diversity for him there at the goal line. The Patriots are now putting four tight ends as receivers on a goal line play, which means that uh, the only people that can catch the ball are taller than 6'3". It's like a requirement for a goal line play, I guess, now. Um, and, uh, shocker, there was a tight end who caught a touchdown pass whose name wasn't Rob Gronkowski. Is that even allowed? <laughs> I don't know, but the points are there, so I guess it is. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited ab about those changes. Uh, there's definitely been um, some good positive ones. Hopefully they can, you know, shed off some of those cheater accusations with good play. Yeah, and you know what? I actually really like the Patriots. I think that they're a unique 
<laughs> you know, unique group of people. And one of those people is head coach Bill Belichick. Oh, good old Bill. Yeah, he is definitely the definition of unique. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I would like to mention is that Bill Belichick changed out of his hobo sweater. I know. It was a, it was a huge deal. I, they panned the sideline, and I was like, is that Bill Belichick in real athletic clothes? I almost didn't recognize him. <laughs> I mean, he obviously he wins a Super Bowl, and now he gets all fancy on yeah, us. That's all he needed. He really just needed that Super Bowl win, a little bit extra money in the bank, a nice fancy ring. Now he's wearing sweatpants. Yeah. And you know he's weather appropriate now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) One thing uh, that we do have to talk about, of course, with our studs, a mostly forgotten category in fantasy, we got to talk about those special teams, the defenses. And this week, our stud on defense was the Carolina Panthers. I mean, it's not really a surprise. They have Luke Keekley. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully they have Luke Keekley going to next week. But in the first week, week performance excuse me in their first week's performance they had 21 points on the day with five sacks two interceptions one fumble uh recovery and a defensive touchdown uh but like i we were we were saying before luke keekley did go down with a bit of a concussion but it looks like he is on the mend yeah so get well luke keekley yeah we love you we do love you please be on the field we just really like to watch you i mean most of america at least you know 50 percent Loves to watch him. So. Yeah, I would agree. Come back, Luke. We hope you're doing better. Um, another defense who I do want to talk about, just to touch on, my defense, my fantasy defense, the Miami Dolphins. I think they looked really good this week. They did look really good, and they definitely carried the Miami Dolphins the first half of the game. <laughs> yeah. I would say I think carried is not the greatest word. More like re-energized the okay. Dolphins' offense. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Let's, I mean, the Dolphins' offense did okay. Um, but I definitely think the defense is what shined through. Uh, they had um, a great game in the secondary because of Grimes, but now they have some more power on the defensive line with Suh. So I think overall uh, it's looking up for the Dolphins. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the Dolphins had it pretty easy week one against the Redskins. And I have to say I was a – bit disappointed with the quarterback's performances this week yeah I just think that all of us thought the quarterbacks were going to be our top producers and unfortunately they weren't yeah and you know speaking of the Dolphins I think one of those kind of duds that we want to talk about is Ryan Tannehill you know he's your guy he is my guy I put him in I thought he was gonna be have a breakout season this year (laughs) and unfortunately he got only 11.7 points he went 22 for 34 which isn't bad you know had 226 yards and one touchdown he's definitely not living up to the hype right now yeah i mean i don't know if that's worth a hundred million dollars which is what they're paying them a hundred million dollars yeah that is not a hundred million dollar performance. No, but there are bright spots for the Dolphins. I would say Tannehill has some good receivers. Jarvis Landry looking good. You know Jordan Cameron, my tight end, looking good. <laughs> and even Lamar Miller, he looks pretty dependable. Yeah, I just think that Ryan Tannehill needs to throw the dang ball. <laughs> <laughs> he does. I, that's that's pretty inspirational. You should just coach him and just say that. Yeah, I really I really should. Ryan Tannehill, if you're listening. Throw the dang ball, please. Throw the dang ball, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> At least your quarterback did a lot better than my quarterback, which is, I think, the king of duds this week, Peyton Manning. I have to agree. Uh, yeah. He sucked. Uh, he sucked. And I 
I hate Peyton Manning. I'm, I'll be straight. I don't like him. I drafted him because he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. And, you know, logic overrides all of my feelings. <laughs> but um, this week, 5.9 points for Mr. Manning. Uh, 24 for 40 passes, 175 yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. Let's just, let's just repeat that. Zero touchdowns. Zero touchdowns. Yeah, zero. And, you know, I'm, this game was tough, I think, on both on both ends. Uh, the Ravens have a great defense. The Broncos have a great defense. The Ravens have a productive offense. The Broncos have a productive <laughs> offense. And when you put those two teams together like that, it leads to a slog of a game. It wasn't a fun one to watch. No, it was definitely a slow game. And really, it was only the Broncos' defense who supported that game. Yeah, I mean, there were multiple touchdowns done by both defenses or well at least one each and it just felt like Peyton didn't have a reliable guy to throw the ball to they couldn't be productive on the run and so they forced Peyton to throw in the air they forced him to make bad throws and I just think you know I'm hoping I'm hoping that he will improve um I I don't necessarily think that'll be a fast improvement and I'm gonna bench him this week (laughs) um but uh, he's Peyton Manning so we can't necessarily count him out yet absolutely I think that both quarterbacks are going to significantly improve over the weeks. Unfortunately, I don't know if we can say that about some wide receivers this week. Um, I hope we can say that about some wide receivers this week uh, because I drafted elite wide receiver Calvin Johnson, whose other name happens to be Megatron. Megatron. Yeah, Megatron. Megatron. Yeah, if your name is also Megatron. Megatron. Okay, yeah. He deserves an echo. I mean, he's that good. Okay. Right. Well, this week he doesn't deserve an echo. No echoes for Megatron this week. Don't even say it. <laughs> um, okay, 3.9 points with two receptions for 39 yards. That's it. Period. Nothing. Listen, Calvin. Listen, I know you were playing against the Chargers. I love the Chargers. I'm glad the Chargers won the game. But Jesus, could you have scored one touchdown? One touchdown. Could you have caught for more than, like, you know, 30 yards that would have been really great you were projected to have at least 12 points you gave me three I think that you're taller than most of the guys on the Chargers defense I just think he's a lot better than that and again like the Lions I saw in the game they were moving towards the run game but Calvin Calvin I'm not going to bench you because you're Calvin Johnson (laughs) and I need you on my team but I need you to give me a reason to keep you on my team wow a lot of anger coming from you right now so we're just gonna move on Megatron. To, <laughs> to Odell Beckham Jr. who I think is slightly overrated yeah, and I, I don't really think he's gonna do as well as he did last year I mean he only had 4.4 points this week five receptions 44 yards not that great no yeah and I think coming into the season Odell was a little bit overrated um, definitely an amazing wide receiver. I definitely think that he is in, in, in the higher tier. Do I think that Odell Beckham Jr. is the end-all be-all when it comes to wide receivers? No, I don't. I don't. But I think in this week's performance, we kind of saw that Odell can't do it all. He just can't. He's going to get double and triple covered. Um, and it just seemed like he wasn't able to get open. Yeah. And I'm sorry. But while that one-handed catch was amazing, I've seen it about 100 billion times, and I'm tired of it. Yeah, 100 billion times. 
I'm so, so tired of it. I'd rather see another amazing play, like the ending of the Super Bowl. Yeah, that Butler interception, I could watch that at least 100 million more times. We should put that on TV every single day. That play makes me so happy. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me happy every single time I watch it. <laughs> but I just, you know, I think that one of the big issues is that people are talking about the fact that OBJ, as they call him, his presence on the Giants is going to be tough for, you know, another Giants receiver, Victor Cruz. But I think it's actually the opposite. I think that now that Cruz is out of the game, Odell is going to get covered a lot, and he's not going to have any opportunities. There will be no lessening of pressure for Odell on his side of the field. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe you sit him, maybe you don't. But I think as long as Victor Cruz is out, he's probably not going to get as many looks. Yeah, and I, I mean, we'll just have to keep track of him week to week and see how well he does, obviously. But there were also some other duds this week, and one of them was the Texans defense. Oh, the Texans defense. I, ugh, I just really want the Texans to be an amazing defense because they have the people. But they only had two points on the day. Started with 10, and at the end, their only point-making plays were two sacks, one of which J.J. Watt literally had to lose his helmet over in order to get. Yeah, I mean, with players like Vince Wilfork, J.J. Watt, Clowney, like, how can you not get shit done? Yeah. If you're, if you're a quarterback looking into that defensive line, you just sit down. You know, like you take the snap and you sit down. Like there's no reason why if those three men are on your defensive line, that quarterback shouldn't get sacked 80% of the time. Okay, maybe like 60. (laughs) But these guys are almost unblockable. And it just feels like they don't have the juice. Like they don't have the passion to get after the ball. I mean, JJ showed a lot of hustle in that one play. But like this is a defense that has been talked and talked and talked and talked about. Um, It's... It's just, I don't know. It's I don't want yeah. to say it's unacceptable, but it kind of feels that way. I, I, I hope they do better. I mean, they definitely have the potential, and I think that's what's so frustrating is they could be one of the best defenses this year. They just have to get their shit together, and I think that they will. I, I think, think they yeah. will. I think they will, too. And I think, you know, our running back duds for this week are kind of in the same category. They didn't have a great week one, but I think they're, they're going to pick it up for – for the coming weeks in the season. And my running back dad is Adrian Peterson. Um, he only had 5.2 points in his game with the San Francisco 49ers. 10 touches for 31 yards, which comes to an average of 3 yards per carry, which is way far below what Adrian was doing a couple of years ago. Uh, I just don't think it was the comeback we wanted from him. It's not necessarily the comeback he wanted from himself. It's going to take some time for Adrian. Yeah. And Peterson, he had like a lot of difficulties with this game. Teddy Bridgewater wasn't doing that stellar and he has a lot of issues that he needs to improve on mentally. I mean he's been out of the game for a year and now he has to come back and basically like relearn everything that he learned previous years. Yeah and I mean he's definitely the comeback kid. Adrian Peterson you know had what would have been a career-ending injury came back better than ever, you know, when he was healthy. So I definitely think that he has the capability to come back and be AD all day Adrian Peterson like we want him to be. It's just going to take him a little bit of time. Um, But I I think the Vikings can do it. I think the Vikings will bounce back in general. Um, But our second dud pick on the week for our running backs, Frank Gore with the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, lots of hype with Frank Gore, but unfortunately – 
he couldn't really get the ball rolling. I mean, he did great with the 49ers, so I think he'll do great with the Colts. Yeah. It just didn't happen this week. Uh, yeah, no, 3.1 points on the on the day. Eight touches, 31 yards. He even had two receptions, but no gain on those. And, you know, I just feel like Frank Gore is, is a guy that really needs to fall into a rhythm. And overall, I think the Colts team just, like, wasn't on the same page, it felt. The game was a little bit slow for what the Colts offense, I think, is used to. And honestly, I think part of that was because Rex Ryan and his Bills defense was surprisingly good. I think they played really aggressively. They played with a lot of heart. They they were running after the ball. Um, and I think that it kind of caught the uh, the Colts off guard. But they're the Colts. You know, I think I think they're still going to probably make it to the Super Bowl. You know, it's week one. so So we'll see. We will see. Yeah, I definitely think that there's going to be some great comebacks this year. But if you're feeling a little antsy, you can always move some players around in your team and pick up some really great players in the waiver wire. Yeah, I love the waiver wire. I made a lot of moves this week. Well, only three, but I feel like they were pretty significant moves. Um, And I think that one team overall that their stock went way up (laughs) between week one, week two, it's going to be the Tennessee Titans. I think a lot of the the sort of first string players for the Titans got overlooked in the initial draft. Um, But I think some of the second and third string guys on other maybe a little bit more established teams aren't necessarily as good. They may be more recognizable. But I think, you know, with Mariota at the helm, Guys like Delaney Walker are going to continue to do well. I think guys like Bishop Sankey continue to do well. So I, I definitely would pick them up. Yeah, and they definitely have a favorable matchup next this week against the Browns. But one player I want to mention is James Jones, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. He got two touchdowns, and he came out of retirement <laughs> to play. And he did not look like he came out of retirement. That's no, most important. No, he did not. And, you know, it, it looked like he was ready to play. I think he's going to get more passes in the next couple of weeks because Cobb is not 100%. So I feel like he's a super high-value pickup for you. Absolutely. I think he's a, a great waiver wire pick. And I also think that Dante Moncrief, wide receiver for the Colts, is a good pick. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton is injured, and he's going to be out for a couple weeks. Uh, so Dante Moncrief is probably going to be wide receiver one for the Colts. Yeah, and our you know another due to injury another guy who I think is going to do well, guy you can pick up on waivers, Terrence Williams for the Cowboys. You know Des Bryant he got that foot injury in their opener after getting his gigantic paycheck, but it looks <laughs> like he's going to be out for a ten to twelve weeks with a broken foot bone. So Terrence Williams I feel like is really going to step up and he's going to be that uh, that that for the big hole that Des Bryant left. Absolutely. He's going to be the go-to guy for Tony Romo. But some other notable injuries are Terrell Suggs, the Ravens defense, obviously. He got injured first game. Yep. Tore that Achilles, and that's a really tough injury to come back from. And honestly, he's the core and the heart and soul of that Ravens defense. So I think it's going to be a pretty big hit for them. You may want to reconsider maybe starting them. A Ravens defense still really good, but Suggs is a huge yeah. player in that. And I mean, he was already replaced. <laughs> Sorry, Suggs. <laughs> I guess so. Um, another uh, kind of veteran that we saw go down this week, uh, Andre Ellington with the Arizona Cardinals. Looks like he's out for the time being. We don't necessarily have a timeline. But he did sprain his PCL in the season opener. Uh, looks like he's going to need a lot of rehab. But thankfully, there are some uh, running backs that you can pick up instead that are on the Cardinals. Yeah. 
just choose a Johnson. Yeah, choose one of the Johnsons, <laughs> both Chris and David. Great running backs. Uh, they had a pretty solid performance when they got the ball week one. And uh, I think even uh, Coach Arians is, is confident that they're going to, you know, continue to keep the run game alive for the Cardinals. So those are not good or not bad replacements for Ellington. Yeah. And another notable injury is Deshaun Jackson with the Washington Redskins. He has a hamstring injury, and he was the main target. Uh, But now Pierre Garçon will be a good pick for most of the catches. And, I mean, it's the Washington Redskins. They have, like, four good players. Yeah, and I think Pierre Garçon did really, really well last week. I think he he surprised me. I mean, with Kirk Cousins out, I wasn't super confident that the Redskins were going to get it done. But Yeah, Pierre Pierre Garçon is definitely a good player. Pick. He did really well. I was surprised. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I was surprised too. And I think moving into next week, there's going to be a lot of really great games. But um, for our week two exciting matchup, uh, and I think it's probably everybody's you know most anticipated game for week two, the Packers versus the Seahawks. It's going to be a conference championship rematch from last season. I'm really, really excited to see what happens. Me too. I mean, last year it was just... So sad when the Packers <laughs> lost. So sad. They really should have won. And now that Aaron Rodgers is healthy, I mean, Randall Cobb is there. Now James Jones. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will affect them that Jordy Nelson is gone. But it'll be interesting to see the dynamic between the Packers and the Seahawks this year. Yeah, and I think the Hawks have made a lot of changes in the offseason and coming into this season. You know, I I think the addition of Jimmy Graham is going to be interesting for the Packers' defense. I also think we have to mention, you know, Cam Chancellor, who is still not playing for the Seahawks on defense. And this is a 6'4 guy who is super athletic, who is always chasing down the ball. And I think... For the Packers, that's going to be an opportunity for them that they didn't have before. You know, maybe for Eddie Lacy, maybe for some other of the newer receivers coming across the middle. Um, so definitely big positives for both teams, but also some deficiencies. So I think it's going to be a good matchup now that most people are healthy. Yeah, I think it'll be a good matchup. And I'm just hoping that the Packers win this year. I am hoping the Packers win this year, too. Um, and now we do have to make some bold predictions for week two. Um, bold, bold yeah. predictions. Control B, bold predictions. And my control B, bold prediction, ooh, I almost messed that up. Prediction, not <laughs> prediction. Um, I think next week the Buffalo Bills are going to beat the Patriots. And I know that this is bold. But I honestly think that the Bills, if they win, will win by a score. They're going to win by seven points. I feel that the Bills had a great week on defense in week one. I think they're surprising. If they can be as aggressive, as surprising, as ready to play as they were week one, I think they might be able to hold down the Patriots on their scoring drives. If the offense stays consistent, you know, they don't have to be like some legendary point scoring machine. They just have to get the job done. I think the defense is going to help the Bills to beat the Patriots this week. I really feel it. Wow. That is a bold prediction. Yes. And I think you're completely incorrect. (laughs) I think that the Patriots are going to win. I mean, Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, and Gostkowski are just going to wipe the Bills off the field, basically. Wow. (laughs) Thanks. You're welcome. 
But uh, my prediction may not be as bold as yours. Yeah, I go really bold. (laughs) But mine, I'm definitely looking forward to, is Thursday night's game, the Chiefs and the Broncos. I think the Broncos are going to go 0-2. and I think they're going to lose. Wow, that is bold. The Chiefs look really good this season. They look really well-rounded. They even got a couple of pass touchdowns. (laughs) I'll give you that. Way to go, Chiefs, with that. (laughs) And, you know, Travis Kelsey is looking like a beast in that tight end position. And then they have Jamal Charles. So I think they're going to rock it. It'll be a close game. But I think the Chiefs are going to win. And if the Broncos do win, I really think it's only going to be because of the defense, not because of Peyton Manning. Okay. I think that your bold prediction, less bold than mine, I think the Chiefs (laughs) could definitely beat the Broncos. But I think it's going to be a harder game than maybe what you think it is. The Broncos do have a really good defense. And I think that, you know, last week the Chiefs, I'm going to give them credit. They did really well. And, you know, the, the Texans were our dead for this week. But I think like the it's the Broncos, you know. This is the this is the AFC seed for AFC West seed for the last you know like three or four years. It's just not a team that you take lightly. So we will see. I think I think yours is a little bit more probable than mine. But, I think uh, I'm gonna be correct. Okay, and well, I think I you're guess, gonna be incorrect. I guess we'll see uh, <laughs> next week. So uh, that'll be it for today's podcast. Um, we hope that. You know, your next week will do wonders for your fantasy team, and uh, you'll you'll lead points. Hopefully, that will be me. Or not. Either way, thanks for joining us. This is the Booth Review. We'll catch you later.